Welcome friends and colleagues. Today we will speak about a curious pattern in chapter 1 and then extending through the first few chapters of Genesis Baratius. <coughs> I've noticed it uh, while thinking about this uh, current uh, podcast and uh, I hope I'm not making a mistake. I welcome any comments or connections or comments or suggestions that uh, you, the listeners, might have. I'll start off by briefly reviewing the underlying assumptions of this podcast. They are that the Hebrew Bible is the most influential book in history that gained allegiance and sometimes passionate commitment of millions, if not billions, of people over the past two millennia. <coughs> so what about it uh, commands such uh, allegiance and reverence? And why did this book, from all the others, and make no mistake, the ancients had books, why does this book command so much more allegiance and respect than others. And our suggestion is that it is a book of Caution. persuasive argument. How is that? It lays out an argument, or many arguments. There's a great deal of philosophy. I see recently there have been calls for the purpose of philosophy to um, teach the Bible from King's College in New York City for example but it does not present it as a philosophical argument but in a story in poetry with the power of suggestion with many wizened influential storytelling techniques and that enrolls the listener and the reader into the process of interpretation and makes him buy in and sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously <coughs> consider the argument and very often accept it. So when we look at Genesis chapter 1, we find a curious thing. There Ra three times that the word creation is used. The second of them is very peculiar. Let's look at them. The first one is in chapter 1. In the beginning God created heaven and earth. The second one that God created two serpents in 121 and the third comes in at the creation of men in 127 but it's not only that it's also that every day there are two things created except for that day of the two serpents when it's not clear that two different things are created look on the first day we have heaven and earth and the second day we have water which is below the firmament and water which is above the firmament 
then we have two great luminaries on the third day and so forth and so forth another curious thing is that except in precisely those three verses that use the word create the Bible expresses all created things in singular let me explain that in Hebrew it is acceptable especially in certainly in biblical Hebrew to call a number of members of the same species or group or class by a singular name look for example in Genesis 32 26 I'll say it in Hebrew and translate Jacob is sending a message to Esau that he is coming and he's very concerned and he's telling him I'm letting you know that I have gained some wealth now it is true that in this case you would expect him to use a singular source to minimize what he has and not to arouse his brother's jealousy but it is quite striking nonetheless and there are many many examples of this so he says and I had Shor Vechamor Ton Ve'evet Vishivcha And I had a um, cows and donkeys sheep servants and maidservants all in the singular sense And here Rashi comments that it is it's the accepted way to say one in the place of many such as for example person says the rooster has called and doesn't say roosters what Rashi means here is the phenomenon of anyone who has experienced this is that it's one rooster calls as the sun begins to rise and every other rooster joins in there's a cacophony of rooster voices so it is more pro proper to say roosters called ne nevertheless in uh, a language that we use we can call it the rooster called and you find the same thing in uh, English. You could say the bell has tolled when you mean that there are multiple bells. Okay. So, interestingly enough, all created uh, items are expressed in singular, except on three occasions. There's one other we'll speak about in a moment. The three is in the beginning God created heaven and earth and God created two great serpents and God created men men and women he made them there is one other of course and God made two luminaries so here it's two rather than a singular and it says made but of course as we discussed when we spoke about this the rabbinic perspective on this is that two were created and then one was made smaller so that's why there was a great one to rule the day and a small one to rule the night so there were not two there were really two different singular luminaries furthermore I would point out that it is a very interesting pattern in how the word creation created is, is used if you are a musician you would say there is a full note 
a half note and three sh short staccato notes. Something like this. Ta, 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 ta. What might be the meaning of this? I'll offer you two explanations, one philosophical and one literary slash emotional. Uh, I have not seen this discussed any place. I'm sure it's been. The volume of uh, literature of biblical interpretation is humongous and no man can know it all. But I'll offer what I can. First, philosophical. And this I derive not from philosophy, but from my teacher, Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, who was quite taken with the idea and expressed it on many occasions. He, of course, had a PhD in philosophy from the University of Berlin. And uh, was, was someone very familiar with philosophical thought. And that is Hegel's idea of thesis, antithesis, antithesis, and synthesis. Uh, I'll just mention that it's, it's somewhat controversial whether, in fact, uh, Hegel proposed this idea, but certainly Kant thought that he did, and um, Fichte thought that he didn't. In any case, the concept is like this. Everything is composed of two poles, kind of a dipole. There is the thesis and there is antithesis. They conflict, they struggle. At the moment of greatest stress and conflict between them, a catharsis occurs which produces a synthesis of the two into one. And that sets up another dipole because now there is the opposition to the new synthesis. I'll give you my own example. I'm not familiar with the literature on this topic. I'm not sure what examples that they might use. Uh, the one place in Hegel where he says something like this, it's a literary analysis. But let's say that there are two concepts. There is a courage and there is cowardice. These are very opposing, but they can be subsumed into prudence. Prudence is both courage and cowardice in proper measure for each thing, but it's a new concept. Well, once you talk about prudence, you can now talk about foolishness or imprudence as being the opposite of prudence. At the moment of their greatest struggle, they might produce a synthesis, which we might call wisdom knowing when and knowing when not and so forth and so forth wisdom itself sets up an antithesis and again there we go so from a philosophical perspective the one and the two is basic to all thought and of course Marx took it to dialectical materialism took this idea 
to the realm of the physical and material. So that may be a very abstract explanation of um, the, the setup of chapter one. But I think that more importantly and more in line with our thesis is the understanding which we expressed in the beginning. That is that the Bible gets, as we would say in Yiddish, into our kishkes, into our guts. It reaches into the very, very basic themes and memes and you might say myths of how people perceive the world. And one of the most basic human perceptions is separatedness versus wholeness or singularity versus universality or whole versus broken especially when it's coupled to the idea of return and restoration many religions have been religion have been formed by this concept because they go really really deep and so the first chapter of Genesis talks about what it means to be one and what it means to be two. It points out that God creates when he makes two into one. The heaven and the earth become the world. We have to remember by two separate serpents that is not uh, it's, uh, that does not go into one but it's on a day in which you might lose track of the idea of the creation of two different things. And uh, according to the rabbinic understanding, they do become one. Because one of the pair is slaughtered and preserved for the righteous in the world to come. That would be a process of sublimation, a transformation with the ultimate redemption. And the third, of course, is man and how man and woman, unity and separation, separation and unity. The Talmud says in Pavakama 97b that Abraham and Sarah made a medallion, Matbeya, I'll translate it as a medallion. On one side was a young man and a young woman. And on the other side was an old man and an old woman with a beautiful image of a couple that aged together and remained unified. So this, this concept is a very deep and abiding and important uh, trope in human psychology and human perception, very nature of the human. And it's played upon in this chapter one to really get to us in a very deep way. If you extend this thought, you begin to see that the first and second chapter of Genesis might also be about that. First chapter brings up the thought of how one becomes two through creation. Second chapter talks about how the two actually interact and separate men and women were not one. They had different ideas. The woman 
chose to disobey God and then men chose to disobey God. Separation and brokenness entered the world. The concept of the two who separate is also further expanding the story of Abel and Cain. And not only they, did they separate, that they actually, one of them killed the other. And then God made it whole. <coughs> A third son was born. And now there were two again. The world was built of those two. So we can see here a gradual development of deep ideas, but it's not only the ideas, it's not only the cognitive and the intellectual that the, the Torah calls out to us, but it also calls out to enroll us in a very deep emotional way, as every good argument should do. It, it draws about the deepest layers of our consciousness and unconscious. And with that, it teaches us and enrolls us into this great project of change of humanity. Thank you for listening and may you have only blessings.